Welcome back to another episode of Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast. My name is Captain Ozzy with Marker 23 Guide Service, and today I had the opportunity to talk with the one and only Noah Harrison. Noah and I have been tournament partners for quite some time now, and in this episode, we go over our latest event as well as our strategies and game plan. I really appreciate you guys listening, and I hope you enjoy. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com, and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast, where my guide buddies and I discuss our day-to-day fishing on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. You will also be able to find extra video content that you can't find on YouTube. If you've loved listening to the Eastern Current Podcast, subscribing to our Patreon is a great way to help support the show. Well, Mr. Noah, I appreciate you sitting down with me today. Um, You've been mentioned on this podcast no less than a hundred (laughs) times. So it's good to finally get you on here and um, hear your story and talk about tournament fishing with you. I'd like to welcome everybody to meet Mr. Noah Harrison, my tournament partner. Um, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. Been well, here after a long day of work. I know that's right, man. Um, you've been referred to as my tournament partner at least a hundred times. Um, so it's nice to finally put a face to the name. Um, but before we get into tournament fishing and, and first event and all that good jazz, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into fishing and how you end up to be the, um, accomplished tournament angler you are today okay so my name is noah harrison and i'm i'm from kentucky originally that's where i grew up for 14 years and then i got into bass fishing me and my dad used to go out to to the local farm pond and it's throw a little inline spinner and catch bass and throughout that i got a little bit more in depth in the fishing, I throw, started throwing Texas rigs and topwater frogs and stuff like that. And uh, we moved down here in 2014, and we didn't have a boat at the time. We just, me and my dad would just go and surf fish and bank fish wherever we can. And then I think 2015 or 2016, I finally got a boat, and uh, that's when red fishing really hit me hard. And I did that for a couple of years out of a 18-foot Carolina skiff. Then I bought a Ranger Phantom, and then that's when the sight fishing and pulling for redfish really hit me. And that's where I met Ozzy uh, with that boat. And then we got in the tournament fishing together. And it's been nonstop since. A <laughs> um, couple questions about that. Um so what you said move down here. Where do you stay now? Where is down here? I stay in uh Sneeds Ferry, North yeah. Carolina. Gotcha, gotcha. 
And uh, that first boat in 2016 was the 18-foot skiff you're talking about? Yes. Gotcha. What did you think about that skiff overall? I really liked it for a beginner skiff. Uh, it could do pretty much anything you wanted to do. It wasn't great at one thing, but uh, it could get somewhat shallow. It could go offshore. It could do pretty much anything you want to, as long as you wanted to get wet. <laughs> you had that boat offshore, didn't you? Yeah, I caught I caught just about everything in it. You can catch out of it. Yeah. I caught kingfish, redfish, bass, pretty much everything. That's awesome. And what what drove you to transition into the, the to the uh, Ranger Phantom? I really wanted to get into fly fishing, and uh, a lot. I I've always wanted a boat like that, just so I can fight fish and. It just happened to come up. I sold the Carolina skiff, and a couple of days later, the Ranger Phantom came on the market. You drove South Carolina, right, to get it? Yep, Charleston. Gotcha, gotcha, which is a, a fish. Where every flat foot's from around here, <laughs> just about. <laughs> Seems that way. That's a fishery that we uh, we both have a lot of affection for. Um, yeah. And I think the Phantom fishes it well. To be honest with yes, you, it does. yeah, um, which is another story for for probably another episode. But Noah and I have drugged. What, who's who's phantom? Do we we so backstory we here? We both ran a phantom for a few years. Um, I I got off of a phantom today, and he was running one, which was kind of like our tournament boat and his personal boat. Um, but you said we we ran your phantom down there. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and did Charleston, and the Phantom did, I mean, it did well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. From flood tides to negative lows. Uh, what a great fishery. I love our fishery. Yeah. Obviously, that's home. Um, but I, I, had a, I have a blast every time I go below the border, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild to see the stuff they got compared to us. Mm-hmm. Just to see something different sometimes. Um. No, but what a what a great boat, and um, my grass is unforgiving though down there. <laughs> it will not let you have your top water back, dude. I got so used to fishing in North Carolina. Like if I sling my plug into the grass a little bit, I can just pop it out, and it's right at the edge of the grass. I can start walking. However, you go below the border, you fish the IOP or go fish Charleston or Edisto. If you get your plug into that grass, it's not coming out. You're going to have to go to the grass to get it out. Like, I don't know what the difference is between, you know, the species of grass. It looks the same. It looks like Spartina grass or Spartina grass, however you pronounce it. But uh, it definitely is a little more sticky when it comes to uh, plugs. But maybe that just speaks to the type of hooks we run. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, and you're. I don't know what it was either. <laughs> but, um Neither here nor there. That's a whole conversation in and of itself, too. Um, we kind of, you and I kind of nerd out a little bit on the hooks we replace our lures with, but we'll get there eventually. Um, yeah. So you went and you got the Phantom, and then you and I met at a special place called Eastern Outfitters in Hampstead. Um, yes, we did. What led you to working there? And then I'll give my half of the story well i worked at a restaurant for my first job and then they ended up shutting down and 
I think I knew JT pretty well, which was a fishing manager at the time. He asked me if I wanted a job, and I said, well, of course. Who wouldn't want to work at a tackle shop? <laughs> yeah. You spend every dime you make there. So I did that for three or four years probably. I think I worked there a little bit after you did. I think so. I mean, you always came in. I think by the time you left, I was already guiding, right? I think you're still fire department, but maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But nonetheless, I think right around time we we became actual good friends is when you started guiding full time. Gotcha. Yep. But I definitely remember fishing off the Carolina Skiff, and I wouldn't have known you had it not been for Eastern Outfitters. Um, Yeah. But my story getting to that shop, and I'm telling you, if you've not been to Eastern Outfitters yet, you've got to check it out. It's a um, the it's the tackle shop environment. Granted, they do they are a gun shop and this and that, and but the tackle shop is the atmosphere that you would expect in any local tackle shop. Um, I I so I same thing. I was working at a pier. I had about. A, a dozen jobs in high school and one day uh captain billy stokes who i've had on the show and who who was the manager at the time asked if i wanted a job and like you said it was a no-brainer it's like yeah of course you know there's no better place i was already spending my paychecks there so might as well just work there Um, yeah i ended up working there and uh yeah got in touch with you um i think i fished one tournament because somebody didn't show up or something, and then that guy ended up quitting, and they're like, look, if we're going to do a redfish team, then there needs to be two people. And, I mean, it was pretty easy. You know, Noah not only was a good buddy, uh, we'd fished together maybe once or twice. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, well, yeah. you know what? Noah is also the fishiest person I know. Um, and I was, at the time, I, I didn't have a phantom, and I was crushing on the phantom. I'm like, hey, <laughs> Didn't hardly know you whatsoever. Both bunch of high schoolers trying to figure it out. Like, you want to fish tournaments? And uh, just kind of all, all she wrote from there. Yeah. Um, now we see each other about three times a week. Unfortunately, sadly. sometimes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, but, yeah, so we kind of jumped on board with the – kind of took over from the old regime and um, – been doing it since so big shout out big big shout out to eastern outfitters i don't think either of us would be where we are without them um certainly not in the tournament scene but uh we fished that first one buddy we thought we were the bee's knees oh hold six pounds we brought in (laughs) dude we thought we had it figured out we i don't know about you i don't know if we even talked about it um I don't think we'd ever spent 12 hours on a boat together before then. No, other than the two days prior scouting. Yeah, and we didn't scout whatsoever. I mean, we were like, nah. hey, let's fish two days before, and we, we hit it hard, and, um, oh, yeah, we got this. We, we were so confident, and uh, that first one was, was a big slice of humble pie. Yeah. But um, I've done well since then. We, you know, we've got some – top threes and some top fives and so on and so forth and trying to stay within the top third of the of the pack but um and we're fishing against some of the 
best red fisherman in the world. And they, you know, kind of cool. You get to get to do. Yeah, and that really speaks to the league, um, the league in which we fish in, uh, or the series, if you will. Um, it's a Redfish Madness series, is what it's called. We just got done with the uh, Tideline Redfish Open, and you like, like you said, man, there's it's some of the best red fishermen in the world. Um, and people travel from all over. Yeah, which I'm, is kind of cool. That's way cool, dude. I mean, travel from all over. Just to drop a few names, and I, I don't know if they listen to this or not, but um, Rennie Clark, Mike Taylor, the two of the best red fishermen in the state of North Carolina, deba- debatably in the world. Um, I know they compete nationally, and um, you know they're in it. So, yeah, well, we were we were two what nineteen year olds. Eight, I mean. Yep. We were we were old 18, enough to, old enough to buy tobacco, but not quite old enough to drink. That's how I remember it. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, we were a bunch of youngins and um, got humbled, as every young team probably will. But have stuck with it since then. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that's kind of the background and the story. But um, like I said, we just wrapped up uh, since then to kind of fast forward. No one I've fished many series and, and traveled and done this and that and um we are now full fledged hundred miles an hour into the twenty twenty three season. Just finished the red the Tideline Redfish Classic, which is event number one of the Redfish Madness series. And um now I mean, I can let you give the old update if you want to. All right. I can do that. So the the tournament was last Saturday, the seventeenth, and we had a pretty good game plan. I don't get to fish as much as Ozzy does, so Ozzy had scouted for most of the week, and we had a pretty solid game plan as to what we thought. Um, we blasted off about five thirty on Saturday, and it was one of the rougher blast offs I've had. It was <laughs> quite the adrenaline rush. We were flying down the water well not flying we're we're the slowest boat in the tournament absolutely I'm pretty sure i think we passed one boat uh there's another carolina skiff i think they but were going fish- they were going slow just to conserve gas is what i'm convinced yeah probably but we were we were hammered down we brought a jerry cam we're ready to rock uh but it was quite rough for the first 10, 15 minutes, by the time we got to the Jacksonville bridge, I, my hands were shaking with adrenaline and I was pumped. We were both pumped. We had our favorite song going and it was, it was pretty cool. But we had a, we were going to run about 20 miles and fish this spot. So that's about a 30, 40 minute boat ride in uh, the Ranger. And we got there, and someone was there. So me and Ozzy looked at each other. And was like, okay, we'll just go to spot number two. Not not, not just one person, wasn't there two? Yeah, yeah. there's two. Got two uh, two uh, weekend warriors out there. Right. Yep. Which thinking back at it, but we should have fished right next to them because we knew the fish were there. But hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So we decided to, uh, and I don't. I personally don't like fishing next to anyone same and that's 
I don't want to be crappy to someone else. I don't want them to do that to me either. So that's how I kind of feel about it. It don't matter if so, you're guiding, tournament fishing, recreational weekend warrior. I mean, I just think it, you just don't be crappy to somebody. Yeah. So we didn't, like you were saying. Yep. So we uh, ran the spot number two. Well, I guess it was a spot number two and, or one and a half because we weren't really planning on fishing there. No, we weren't. Prior to the tournament. So we needed the tide for our second spot. So we said we'd go hit something else. We went there and we're fishing down the bank. I throw my top water up in this little scout <laughs> and I'm working it out. And this, you know, know how them seagulls get. They, they want to eat every top water you throw out there. This one just so happens to be right on top of a school of redfish and it spooks the whole school out. Those fish went a hundred right. different ways. Yeah, so we're like crap. We fished there for a little bit while, got a couple more blow-ups, and like, okay, we'll just go stick it out to the tide gets right at our second spot. But uh, tide was not working in our favor, and we were wasting time sitting there to wait on it. Yeah, we had some crazy wind leading up to this tournament. And personally, I believe that's what held the tide up. You know, that's why the tide was slow. Because if wind blows into an inlet, then the, the low tides take a little while. If the wind blows out of an inlet, then the low tides are a little faster and longer. So just my two cents on what I thought was happening. Yeah, I agree. So we stood there for about an hour waiting on it to get to the right tide. And we, I think I caught one flounder there. The flounder was the story of the day, really. Yeah. Yeah. One of many. (laughs) Must have caught 50 of them. (laughs) But, uh, we fished there and we're, we're looking at each other and, like what we do so we just came up with um another game plan and we went with that and we went to back to spot number where we wanted to start at no one was there we fish it for an hour or so probably and we catch one little one and then or like one in slot fish which is around 20 inches and i think a couple two or three other little ones mm-hmm. which are not the fish that were there when we were pre-fishing the spot. Not two days ago. Yep. Which is like the pretty much the typical tournament story. Like, oh, there were 26 here yesterday, and yep. uh, we just fell victim to it. Like, you know, it rained a lot the night before or whatever. We, on two different occasions, have caught the fish we needed there. Um, they were there. Um, we went there at a different tide, though, because we knew – you know, there was two or three boats when we first got there. Then the tide fell out. And we're uh-huh. among the most shallow drafting team in the league, I, in my opinion. I'm sure someone yeah. with a Mayak or a Eric Simmons will, will likely argue me. But I believe the Phantom is among the most shallow drafting boat in the league. So we were like, hey, it's low tide now. We'll run in here. We'll do what we need to do. And the big fish were nowhere to be found. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't find them. But uh, so we got on. I mean, wasn't maybe them, but we got on the phone with some people, and they weren't having the best morning either. No, it, it, it was some kind of lull in the in the morning, which we had a front come through that night. So I think that was a big issue. The old barometer. Yeah, yeah, the old barometer. I really love that barometer. I'm telling you, dude. It, it rains true. 
But so after that spot, we uh, left and went back to the to the river. And we fished this bank. We pull up on this bank and we we take about I wouldn't say it's five casts and Ozzy hooks this stud. So we're we're picking the trolling motor up, trimming the motor up, ready for touch, it to come to the boat. Touch on that it's just a minute. Him. Touch on that just a minute. Talk about the uh, trolling motor thing. I think that could really help oh. some people not lose some fish. So on a normal day, I wouldn't do it. But if it's money on the line, I, I'd like to get everything out of the water. Power pole, trolling motor, trim tabs, uh, the the big motor. I like to get it all out of the water so the, the fish can go freely under the boat. Because you know how the especially a big redfish, it, the first thing it does when it gets to the boat is go under it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that saved us. If that fish was in slot, it would have saved us that fish because it went straight for the trawl motor. Mm-hmm. Yep, I totally um, agree. I think that's a really good move, um, recreational tournament, whatever the case is. As soon yeah. as you hook, and you you know, and if you've caught some redfish before, you know, like, oh, that's a good fish. You know, his first run is sideways at 100 miles an hour or whatever. Um and a twenty incher, it's not going to matter because you can, you can pretty much pull it wherever you want to go. But yeah, a twenty seven, twenty six inch fish, you're not you're not going to do that with no more than likely unless no. you want to break try to risk breaking them off. That's right. Yep. If it's a fish, you can boat flip, which <laughs> I think your standard. I mean, I'll boat, I'll boat, I'll boat <laughs> flip a thirty incher all day long. No, your standard and our standard is different. <laughs> to but <butt. laughs> um, if it's a twenty, twenty two, twenty three not a big problem but you get 24 plus then um i believe that getting that power pole big motor trolling motor everything out of the water and and whoever you're fishing with reels up as fast as he can is is the best yeah. way so i just wanted to touch you on that net. you be the net, you be net boy yeah you you got to assume that role man you you've got to yeah. so but what i didn't mean to interrupt your story you were you were saying about the 30 incher yeah so we we came to that spot and then the first I mean, it wasn't five casts. We, we hooked this good one. We're like, okay, we're going to get a break for the day. And we get it to the boat. He swallowed the hook all the way down. Oh, so you can see it. You can see the jig head. Yeah. So we cut it and uh, put it on the pump board. It's like 20, I think it was like 28. Uh, so we threw it back. We kept fishing the same bank. And For how long? At least three hours, I believe. God, dog. Longest three and hours of my the life. Same, same hundred yard stretch of <laughs> bank, which is brutal for me. Yeah, me too. Like that's that that is not um that is not I'm a running gun. I'm probably the most yeah. impatient fisherman slash god you've ever met. And to fish that hundred yards that long was driving me up a wall but at the same time after that 30 incher and a few 16 we caught some 16s there didn't we yeah we caught one other little one there yeah like so i was like oh they're here like we so there, you know there's redfish there you know the fish are there you just gotta get them to eat yeah we also did have another um big motor crank up kind of on the flat uh not us but you know i i wouldn't call it burning the flat but nonetheless i was wondering it doesn't help no it doesn't help Plus the wind direction change, blah, da, 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 da. Yeah. We fished it for a while. I mean, when we got there, the wind was blowing 20 mile an hour into that bank. And by the time we left, it was dead calm. Yeah. I had 
I was pouring water on my hat by them having heat stroke over there because it got hot there for <laughs> Dude, 15, 20 minutes. It got hot on that bank for sure. It was one of the hotter days I think I've been in the water now. It was yeah. every, every bit of 94. Yeah. But, we had a nice breeze on morning, but when that wind died, it got hot. Yeah, for sure. But what happened next? What happened after that? We ended up fishing that bank for a little while longer, and we we decided that we're going to make a move, and we – uh. We did something we said we weren't going to do and <laughs> start scrambling. It's usually what you do when you don't have – because right now we only have a 20-inch and a live well. So we're like, okay, we got to do something. So we start moving around. We, the first spot we hit, we fish it. And the first – I mean, I think it was literally the first cast I get a blow-up, a decent blow-up. And uh, we go down this bank. No more bites on top water, and it's granted it's two o'clock in the afternoon by this point. So we go into this little cove here, and we cast Aussie cast in there and hooks an, a good one, a twenty, I think it was twenty five inches. Yeah. So we're like, I okay. Think it was. So we got a halfway decent. When you get two of those, it's probably about ten, eleven pounds, which isn't terrible for a rep. It's not, ain't gonna win, but it's not awful but i mean we grind it out in there and we try to get another one same size no luck we go i think we go to two other spots after that and i think we catch one more little one and that was and then our time was up it was 4 30 time to go back and i mean the people we talked to, I don't even think weighed in that day. I think they had one little one, and the other person didn't catch a fish all day. But there was other people in the tournament that also had 14-pound bags. And that's just the nature of a redfish tournament. Someone's always going to be able to pull it out and be having a nice bag. But I think there was over 10 or – there's at least 10 bags over 10 pounds, which is pretty good. Yeah, that was a heavy tournament. I mean, yeah. what what was weird about the tournament, though, dude, is there was like, what, 15 boats that didn't weigh fish at all? Yeah. And among those but 15, that's a lot. That's a lot. Or like some of the best names. Dude. I was about to say, some of the biggest names in the league, uh, not even in the league, but in the area, in the league, whatever you want to call it, didn't weigh fish. And then... Which makes had, you feel somewhat good that you brought win it does but then you've got like the overall you know weights the overall weights were heavy yeah the people who weigh fish other than three or four boats that had over 10 pounds because i think yeah yeah so it, i mean some people had there was like very few people only had one fish too it was either two little ones or two big ones and then, like us, we had okay. one decent one, and then <laughs> and then the little one. Yep, which is the worst thing in a tournament to have a have a a nice fish and a little one. It's got to be the worst, dude. I would rather you're have one two fish away. Ones. You're one fish away from maybe winning money. Way more really. stress. Way more stress to have one nice fish, and you just can't get rid of that little one. Mm-hmm. But and then even our nice one. Um, I would love to touch on this for just a minute. Oh, yeah, that, that thing that David Banks had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 
Um, so our nice fish, well, well I forget what you, you probably already said it, but it was like five, six, 25 inches. five, yeah. six, five, seven. And, um, which is a, for 25 is a, is a kind of a fat 25 and he was yeah. barely 25, but he, nonetheless, I was fishing a heavier jig head, which was causing me or I'm not, I'm still not sure. And I, I would love to hear your opinion. It was either causing me to set the hook late because I didn't feel it as well because it's a heavier jig. That's head, what I think. That's what I think was happening. Or it was causing the fish to eat it different. Yeah. Just, just, just gulp it. Just. I don't know exactly. I don't. That don't make much sense. Maybe it's just too, like, too oddballs. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not above being late on a hook set. Just let. They're also two, the two biggest fish of the day. I mean, yeah, that's that true. That. That's true. Which I think a bigger fish is. I mean, we're throwing. I mean, a four inch gulp shrimp is a pretty big bait, really. It is. Yeah. I mean, those little ones aren't going to eat it like that i don't think no so nonetheless um the 30 incher swallowed it um he he was released alive and healthy he was fine and then you had that uh five and a half pounder or five whatever pounder um and we just left it in it just yeah just so, so it lived in the live well because you get a one pound penalty if you bring a dead fish back Right, and I think it's best for the fish too. Yeah, don't yeah, pull I, his, I agree. Don't pull his stomach out. Yeah. So, anyways, whether it was angler error, which I'm not above, or whether it was have did had to do something with the heavier jig head, or I, I, I'm still a little baffled on it. Um, I do. I was throwing a pretty stout jig head, so I was throwing a quarter ounce due to the environment we were fishing. And I had a four inch gulp shrimp on it. And um to pick it up off the bottom you had to pretty pretty well jerk it. You know what I mean? You had to you had to put some effort to it. And when it got heavy, sometimes it was grass, sometimes it wasn't. Um so I'm definitely in the new grass. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were definitely in some thick ill grass. Um, I have never seen eelgrass like that in my almost 10 years of fishing here. It's like two feet long. Yeah. You can almost cut it with a weezer. Yeah, it definitely seemed more exaggerated than years past. Normally, it's like six inches long. Like yeah. like the kind of grass I've seen around Topsail. Uh-huh. But this grass is long. I don't, I, I, we'll have to figure that out because I think you're going to do something different and stuff like that. I think a spinnerbait. Yeah, spinnerbait. It seemed like the spoon came through it pretty well. And then I guess anything weaves this. Yeah. But well, you weren't throwing a jig head in it. No. Not successfully. Top well, water. I mean, what, you go yeah, right. But um, to get back to the swallowed thing, we, we were throwing this heavy jig head, stuck that fish, and a 30-incher. Um, but with the one we were actually going to weigh, instead of kind of doctoring him up and, and get him to be healthy and go back, we just cut it, left the jig head in his mouth, pulled up to the dock, and um, asked the dock master and the tournament director, we're like, look, hey, we got a quarter ounce in his neck. What do you suggest? He was like, look, after we measure him, right before we weigh him, pull it out. And uh, we got this buddy who is in the tournament series with us, and he's like, I got this tool. Um, he's like, it'll get it out. 
I'm thinking he's going to bring a, a D hooker. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, what was the name of that tool? Do you remember? Flip, flip it, oh. flip it, stick it. Um, bop it. <laughs> flip I don't it, know. stick I don't it, know. bop it, reverse it. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but basically, it just it's a it's a razor blade, and you put it on the on the on the hook, and it just puts a little slit where you it just cuts the the meat where it's at. Yep. So basically, yeah, you, said, it is a gun looking thing, right? With a hook yeah. on the end of it. Not a hook, but like a, a rounded piece of. A hook with a razor blade in it. And it's like retractable almost. Yeah. Basically. And you pull the trigger, and that razor blade cuts as little skin off the redfish wherever it's hooked as needed. So if it's deep, you just cut a little bit of his skin. And, um,. We, so here, here's the funny thing. Um, we went to go use this tool. We got the redfish out of live well, got the tool from our buddy. Um, big shout out to David Banks. Um, but we couldn't find the jig head. And we were like, what the heck? Damn. I meant to ask you, was it in your live well or did he, he swallow it? Uh, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't opened my live well since tournament day. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I think some good things in there. Oh, dude, it's probably disgusting. But <laughs> um, I would I would say that jig head's in the live well. I think I personally think he threw it. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, we'll have to find that on the next episode <laughs> when Ozzy opens his live well. Yeah, that should be a YouTube episode of in and of itself. <laughs> With a with a gas mask on, I probably have to. Two redfish, and then I put a bunch of menhaden in it to uh, three days ago. So it's probably pretty gnarly. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, that tool was was definitely helpful. Although we didn't need it, we couldn't find the jig head that day. Um, it was it was helpful nonetheless. Uh, I would definitely. And he said that he he said that he used it that day, and he had. I mean, his fish were alive. Yeah, his fish so were not, alive and well. Yeah, so it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't harm the fish. I mean, obviously you're cutting it, but I, I mean, I don't think it's probably better to get the hook out and cut it a little bit than let that hook rust out in there like the old, like they say that it will. Yeah. Gotta and be. Pass all the way through it. Yeah. I think that speaks a lot to what live well you run, too. Yeah. I think Ranger makes a um above average live well. Definitely. So um I think my live well is probably better than some coolers that I own. Yeah, for keeping ice too. Keeping I ice. Yep. Yep. It's and the water. Even in the dead of summer, that water is 10 times cooler than the water in the, I mean, the actual water. Yeah, in the waterway or whatever. And I yeah. think, you know what, and I don't own a blazer, run a blazer, affiliated with blazer, but a blazer bay, I believe, has a really good live well, too. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, I saw a couple Mayaks weigh in. And they had, yeah, their fish were struggling. They had upside down fish. He said he had a 
sit in the back of that boat for 60 miles and hold that fish upright. Forget that. I heard, I heard, um, pretty similar. They rode 60 miles. Something broke on the way. Like, ah. no, that was, uh, Duraco. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Our good buddy Duraco. That's right. You're right. He had a dead battery. And, uh, I've never heard of this either. This was a first for me. They're flipping a battery upside down and put it on the terminal and yeah. cranking the motor. Someone Termi- else helping. Terminal to terminal. Like, so you yeah. hold one battery next to the other. Obviously, one's upside down. I've never heard of that. But that's actually pretty smart, I think. Cranky button. We've had our fair share of uh, battery issues in yeah. the tournament. Last year, second event, right? Yeah. That was a and good- we had we had thirteen and thirteen pounds on live well, so we're freaking out. We're, yeah. That th- tell me the story about that day, since we're on the topic of uh, telling tournament stories. Right. So we blast off at five thirty, probably, and we get to this. We're fishing less than three miles away from the boat ramp. We pull in this spot and we get to this corner. We like Ozzy six of. I think it was right at 27. Yeah. And it wasn't 10 minutes later, I got a 26. And we sat there. We ended up sitting there for 12 hours and fishing the <laughs> same. Power pulled down, fishing, casting the exact same line every cast for 12 hours. Miserable. And that day also, so that was the day the battery died. So, Ozzy happened to bring jumper cables. So we jumped the battery, uh, the cranking battery from the troll motor batteries. And we ended up, we ended up going back to the dock and we called the tournament, uh, director and he's like, it's okay if, uh, someone brings you a, a battery. So we went and got a battery change. We went back to the spot and continued to fish there. And we ended up at the literally the last 30 minutes of the day, we caught a 27 and which, okay. So a 27 and like an eight to a quarter inch fish. And the tournament runs a slant board, which is gravity fed, which knocks off about an eighth of an inch on a fish. So roughly. To touch on that, basically what they do is they put the nose of the redfish down and the tail of the redfish 45 degrees above the nose. So gravity, obviously, like you said, gravity fed, can, because the the redfish is sitting at almost a 45 degree angle, it can lose how much, I mean, at least an eighth. Yeah. What would you say? I I would say an eighth is, is pretty spot on. Yeah. So... We had this redfish, 27 and an eighth to 27 and a quarter, on a flat board. Yeah. And then what happened? We stuck them, I mean, we stuck them in the live well for a good 30 minutes. And we sat there and, and talked about it. And we're just thinking, I mean, we could risk it all and bring this fish in, or we could not risk it all. And so say that fish was over, we get we only have one fish to weigh in at that point. You're, you're done. So you don't, you don't win any money. You bring 
the two fish we had in, which is was 13 pounds, you're winning money maybe first. Because 13 pounds is a pretty solid bag, really. Yeah, solid. But, uh, Very rarely first, but solid nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, we ended up throwing that fish back. And I think me and Ozzy both kick ourselves after that day. Oh, yeah. Because I believe we threw a $12,000 fish back in the water. Yep. So we ended up, but you never know. You never, it could have been, it could have been nothing. Could have been, but we didn't take the chance. No, we didn't risk it for the biscuits. Unfortunately. No. Um, but we still had, I mean, what did we end up getting? It was the best we've ever done in a tournament. And I think we were just as upset as if we got the 45th place. Yeah. And in this particular league, that was one of our best finishes. Um, but nonetheless, we 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 played it safe. Then we kicked ourselves. We would have kicked ourselves for not getting what I, what was it third? Yeah. Had, had we been DQ'd and only weighed a seven point whatever pounder, we'd been like, no, oh, we should have just took third, you know. So coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Um, and it was we sat there that way in, and we were it was the last two boats, which were. I think it was Rennie Clark and Mike Taylor. And those last two boats. Those last two boats, they had more weight than us by less than a pound. Dude, way less than a pound. We sat in the hot yeah. seat for I don't know how long. Because I think we were one of the first ones there, too. Well, we were. So well, we, we weighed yeah. in us. Uh, we were big fish for a while, too. We So yeah. for, for people who don't know tournament fishing, you've got overall winner, right? So whoever weighs the two heaviest redfish win and then you've got a twt which is a tournament within a tournament and it's for the biggest fish so even if, let's say we weighed an eight pound fish and then we didn't have a second fish if that's the heaviest fish of the day we win big fish we had big fish forever and then we got bumped but we were still in the lead for the overall tournament like we had the heaviest two fish and um i mean i'm dude it was like the last 10 minutes and yeah. two two stud anglers, Mike Taylor, Rennie Clark. They were they're two really great anglers, um, professional redfish tournament anglers. You know, some of the world's best. They come walking down the dock, and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> you know, I think that's what I was thinking. I was yeah. I was stressing the whole time. I did not like being in the hot seat, and um, I think Mike beat us first, and then Rennie beat us again. I forgot who won. I think Mike won that one overall. I think Mike won, and Rennie came second. Yeah. We came third. Yep, then we got third. Um, but, I mean, we did the best we could, you know what I mean? I, I'm not a guy who, who is under the belief that uh doesn't matter who wins, just go have fun. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I do feel like we put our best foot forward. I think we, we fished our butts off and – I feel the same way about our last tournament. I think just yeah. last Saturday. There wasn't much I would change for last Saturday. No, there was a few decisions I would make. Um, Maybe not going all the way we did. Yeah. But who knows? It could have been It could have been great, too. Well, the thing is about traveling so far, it's like we were on them, and they were big. But yeah. who would have guessed a seagull, you know? 
Yep. But one decision that I would have made different, I don't know if we've had this conversation yet or not. Maybe we have. But um, we, at one time, you were like, we need to go over here. I was like, eh, okay. And we got there, and then I put my foot down. I was like, no, we don't need to be here. And then we went, he's like, well, yeah, what you, you didn't, what you didn't you? Go ahead. say that to me when we were at the other spot. Correct. So then we went back to where we were, and then he was like, no, we don't need to be here. So hindsight looking 2020, I should have just put my foot like, look, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's fishy. Um, so communication, like I think we is one of the best tournaments that we communicated really, really good in. Um, I think that's why we overcame so much adversity. Cause let's be honest for, for five hours, all we did was overcome adversity. But with that being said, even though we had great communication, I feel like there was that, that one blip, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I should have spoke up or, or, and there was one other time where I felt like it was kind of reverse and, um, you should have been like, you know, Hey, we, we don't need to do that. And, um, I think when we're both bouncing ideas off of each other, it's important for your partner to be like, no, because I don't, I, I don't know how to put it into words. When you're tournament fishing, you start having these crazy ideas. We call it, we know, and I call it scrambling. You start scrambling, you start doing stuff you never did. And, um, you start, you know, kind of going off the walls and, um, but eventually what happened was I didn't put my foot down and be like, nah, I don't really like that idea. We went there. It was dirty. It was just not what we wanted. It was taking too long. And Noah's like, I got a feeling. And when Noah says, I got a feeling, I, I typically tend to listen. Um, although he doesn't have every day to fish like I do when I'm guiding, Noah might be one of the most fishy person, fishy guys that I know. Um, he's like, hey, I got a feeling about something. And it was off the wall, too. Like, neither of us had been there. Real off the wall. Like, nothing I would have went and fished. No. Like, like it, it didn't even make sense for the season. Like, yeah, there's, there shouldn't have been fish there. No. R- realistically. There shouldn't have been bait there, let alone fish. We got there. The bait is what made me want to stay a little bit. Yeah. We got there. But I, I mean, I had a feeling. Yeah, well, Noah had a feeling. That's a, that's a country song waiting to happen. Oh yeah, and uh, lo and behold, you know, there's a five and a half pounder sitting there. So, along with I don't know how many flounder. A lot. That was very good. How many flounder do you think we caught that day? Realistically, I think we caught at least fifteen. I mean, we whacked the flounder. Uh, they weren't small either. No, we caught some really big flounder. But I think that's a that's a common occurrence on tournament day. We always, I think, one of the tournaments we fished, I caught two on top water, which I've done once in my life before that. Yeah, yeah, I I remember. I think that was a year ago, two years ago, something like that. And yeah. um, you know, first thing in the morning, first stop, and we were we were actually on them that day. Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we we had a pretty good finish. You know, top yep. top five finish, and yep. um, but your first three to five cast <laughs> were top water flounder. 
Yeah. And stu- studs. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking big ones. 18 to 20 inches. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're extinct in North Carolina now, if you don't, don't know. R- uh, rumor has it. Yeah. They don't exist. But we got 30 of them on Saturday. I'm talking, we, we crushed them. If it was a flounder <laughs> tournament, we probably would have won. Yeah. But... No, we we tried hard, man. I and I'm. I, this sounds cheesy. Like I said, I am not a uh, everybody gets a trophy. Just go out there and have fun, guy. But with that being said, I am stoked on what we did. I, I couldn't be more proud of Mister Noah um, for having that fishy instinct and and fishing hard. We we had a lot of adversity to come over. You know what I mean? We we ran every bit of seventy miles and. Um, got beat to a few spots because we are slow. You know, rangers are known for being slow. Um, slow and comfortable, but slow nonetheless. And We just bank on being shallow. That's what we're trying to do in these terms. Yep, we definitely bank on being shallow. But um, we, we, I but, think we communicated the best we ever have. We've, it's probably it was the not, most we've ever talked in the tournament. Yeah, and I would, I told. Especially when you're doing bad. Yeah, I told my wife this after the tournament when we, we kind of went and grabbed a bite to eat afterwards. And I was like, you know what, for a struggle day, and we struggled. I mean, daggum, did we struggle. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's the most fun I've had on a struggle day. The morale never got real low. Like no. It usually does. And morale, in my opinion, whether I'm, gui- yeah, whether I'm guiding or tournament fishing or fun fishing, morale is everything. And morale yeah. never got low. I mean, it was fourth quarter. We had 10 minutes to weigh in, and we fished hard all the way. You know, like, we thought every yeah. single cast was going to win win the tournament. So, Which it could have. I mean, not. It, two casts could have. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, um, so, yeah, we, I mean, we we did well. Although we didn't finish well, we, we fished well. I don't know if that makes sense or not. We didn't finish well, but we fished well. Um, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, you, you guess it's one of those things like you, you had to been there to understand. But yeah. Um, so we ended up staying. So to recap the whole series or whatever, um, we're in the hunt. By all means, we're in the hunt. We are above. So there's a cut. And um, I think the bottom 10 teams get cut or some bottom 20, bottom 10. Something like that. Well, 20. So it's top twenty that gets in. So yeah, we're 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 above that out of forty six to fifty teams. I don't know the exact number, and um, yeah, so we're above that. We're 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 surviving. We're we're still in the hunt. Uh, we have to do better for sure. Um, the first tournament's never our best either. No, we've, we've never done we've never had a really really good first tournament ever. I don't know why. I guess it's this time of year. Maybe there's more big fish around in uh, those later tournaments. But I, don't, I don't know that why that is. I think we never decide to fish the series until a week before. <laughs> we didn't know if we were going to fish until like seven days before the tournament. Yeah, but that's my fault because I got a I ha, I work a traveling job. You do. Yeah. Well, I never I never know when I'm going to be gone or here. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But Ozzy, Ozzy did a really good job of, of uh, scouting for us. Yeah. And I think I 
we could have won the tournament on Wednesday. Oh my but gosh, could we? That doesn't that doesn't how that's not how it works. Yeah, it don't mean nothing, does it? Until that day. Yeah. You gotta you gotta make some tough decisions and sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Yep. So I mean we put our best foot forward. I truly believe that. And uh we're in the hunt. We you know we're we're not we're the, we're the top ten or uh, top twenty, I guess is the cut. So yep. we're we're top twenty. And um we got uh one more event and then there's a DQ, like if you're not in the top twenty after the second event, it's like a point series, then you get DQ'd or not disqualified necessarily, but get cut. So other than we do better in August, then uh we're in it. Yep. And then we fish again. And then in October. And if you're what top three after that like it's top 20 then top three i don't know if he's doing that this year i haven't heard about that the louisiana thing yeah yeah the the major leagues i haven't heard about that mm. i don't maybe because i i saw that uh the redfish madness is part of the professional fishing or professional redfish league right I think yeah. that's what it's called yeah next year yep so i don't know how that uh how that works yeah but that'd be cool yeah for sure but uh yeah man i feel like that's a pretty good rundown that's that's what we did yeah. and that's how we uh that's how we ended up and we'll we'll probably see you again in august and um hopefully we'll, for it. yeah we definitely excited hopefully we're gonna have a much better report uh we're gonna tell you about how we won everything and uh everything come to play but there's a long time. Like, what's today? June 21st? twenty Something like that. Yeah. 20-something. June, June 21st. This will probably air on the 22nd. So, we got all of July to go before we actually fish another tournament. Yeah. Lots of free fishing probably. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of free fishing. Uh, at so least... I'll take my kayak out and have to whack me a few 27 inches. That's where we'll go. That's where we'll go. At least in this series. We we may fish some other smaller series, but as far as the Redfish Madness series go. Yeah, we need to look into those uh, Fisherman Post ones. Yeah, we should definitely we'll those out. expand, get out of sight, get outside of... Uh, Even those are those are live bait, but still, I think we can do good in them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A 27-inch Redfish is a 27-inch Redfish. Yeah, they ain't no, you can't beat 14 pounds. I mean, 14 pounds wins. I don't care what you're throwing. So, well, man, you got anything else to add or anything else to say? I don't think so. All right, brother. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. It was a blast having my dear friend and tournament partner on the show. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time.